Shelby. Hi, Andrew. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> are we keeping that? <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. That's never happened to us before. No. We... There was like a like a staring, like, uh, 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 and then I beat you to it. it I don't know. We'll see on the we'll see on the recording. It's pretty close, I think. It's... Um, I think I won, but that's fine. How are you? Andy? For for those that don't know, Shelby and I do not live anywhere close to each other and do all of the recording over video and, and audacity and other things. But um, we turn on the recording and then we stare at each other and play a game of chicken on who's going who's gonna to say hello first. And this time we set it at the same time. That's what happened. Yes. Well, I said it. I said it slightly before. Mm-hmm. We'll go to the tape. Mm-hmm. We'll let the record mm-hmm. yeah, show. It's fine. It's all rec- except. Okay, you are the sound editor, though, <laughs> so you cannot manipulate it. Here's the thing: I um, am the sound editor, and I do want to win. Not as bad as you want to win, <laughs> for the record. Um, but, but, I also if. I don't want to do that much work. Like uh, sound right, editing right. enough is so. So I'll I'll let it ride. I'm not gonna manipulate okay. things because okay. if I drag your whole sound bar over, then I have it to edit the rest, the rest of, it, of it, and, and yeah, I don't feel yeah, like doing true. that. Yeah, that's true. I feel like you could just like splice. I could. I, you know, let's not go into it. It's fine. I'm it's not. not worth the work. We both know that I won anyway. Here's the thing. That's I'm all not. Right. I, what I'm trying to get across is I'm not going to cheat. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And with that, um, welcome to Trip It To Me, a travel-centric podcast um, hosted by Andrew and myself. Hello. We talk about travel. We talk about how competitive I am. Um, it does come up a lot hats. lately. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that was you, and now I'm just processing this new self-discovery, and so it is. It's coming up. I, um, I've always thought this about you. And have never brought it up in the <laughs> 10 plus years of friendship. But I've always mm. thought like, oh, I, I think Shelby's probably pretty competitive. Not to, the, not, not to the point of like it being a deterrent or anything or a negative. Right. But like, I, I just thought you'd probably be pretty competitive. And like, it's, it's fun, but like, it's also the perfectionism seeping through sure. the cracks. And yeah, I have you, to be good at all the things. We've mm. touched on this before. And I don't know if you consider yourself a theater kid. I think you probably do. Um, like at one point for sure. Like I'd like to think I took a, at least a little bit of a step away from from that. But yeah, like in high school, I was definitely a theater kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I consider you a theater kid anymore. But yeah. here. Well, yeah. Like I said, we've touched on this a little bit before. But all theater kids are like way more competitive than they say they are. Yeah. 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 Well, because it's a it's a competition for attention. Yeah. And uh, like theater kids are like they're the kids that like they don't fit anywhere else. So it's like if they if they can find their spot in theater, then they'll just push anybody down a flight of stairs for it. Yeah. Maybe maybe not the healthiest competition. <laughs> also, maybe not like actually, but there mm. are jokes. There are definitely jokes. And there there that I mean, it can actually happen, too. It has. It yeah. has, for sure. Yeah. Have you done it? <laughs> no, I have not. Mm, good for you. Not. Good I've, for you. I've joked about it, but I have not. Yeah? Not actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I hope when it comes time to push someone down the stairs that it is not me. <laughs> 
I don't I don't see in 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 what way I would benefit from that. No. Me neither. No. Me neither. <laughs> what are you drinking today? Um, I have a cuvee uh, method traditional brute. So okay. it's just bubbly. You can't say it's champagne unless it's from France. I think I've said that before. But you have it's said just, that. It's bubbly. But it's from a local winery. Um, it's really nice. We had some things to celebrate this week. And so it's kind of the leftover bits of the bubbly. Yay. Celebration. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Woo-hoo. by the way. Thank you. Thank you. By the time um, this comes out, I think I think you'll have started a new job. Yeah. Or right yeah, around the time is- this comes out, I guess. Yeah, I'll probably have been finished with the other job. Yes. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. It feels like a big grown-up job. It is a big grown-up job. Not yeah. that your last few jobs haven't been big grown-up <laughs> jobs. We uh, shouldn't label jobs like that, probably. No, we shouldn't. But We're going to have an episode talking about that, we actually. Are. Like mm-hmm. a few weeks down the road, but we are going to talk about that. But uh, mm-hmm. I completely understand why um, you... Like your brain thinks that because mine does too. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, but no, it, it's very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited. It's, it's um, been a long time coming. So yes. it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are you drinking? I am drinking a pear cider, an Anthem pear cider, traditionally fermented cider finished with Northwest grown pears. It's a semi-dry. Ooh, excellent. I do like a good semi-dry cider. Oh, if yeah. it's too sweet, I can only drink so much, and then I'm just kind of tapped out. I don't... Uh, I can drink all the sweet cider I want, but but I do think the semi-drys, like, they're just a better... They have a better flavor to them. Yes, yeah. Yes. Well, because the sugar... I feel like oftentimes the sugar just masks yeah. the imperfections in the flavor, and, and that's what you taste instead of some richer or some more interesting notes yeah it's like a um like i'll eat fast food and i'll probably enjoy Mm. it but i can taste that the other food i've had is much better right that's my uh that's my food to cider comparison right there yes yes and it's like french fries right like yes they're potatoes that are fried but there's good french fries and there's bad Mm. french fries and bad french fries are just a vehicle to get the ketchup or the garlic aioli into your mouth mm. right whereas like good french fries are just good on their own uh, no you're shaking I don't, your head i don't no. agree I, um mainly because i think french fries are the best bad food like if if i'm gonna mm, have mm, mm-hmm. uh, all food has like ranges right like if it's made right. poorly or made to the made to perfection I would rather have like poorly made French fries than almost anything else that's poorly made. That actually that makes a lot of sense to me. Even without but ketchup I, or things. Ah, uh, okay. Even on their own. I mean, because it's it's like fried, like fat yeah. and starch. Oh yeah. Like yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. really you can't really. Whereas like if you have like a really bad like badly cooked steak. Yeah. Like that's like does not taste rubber, good right so yep. like that's horrible even though it's a much finer food so that that logic makes a lot of sense to me thank you thank you so much um you are so welcome <laughs> d- I, I take it you're a french fry dipper ketchup garlic aioli um yeah but i also love them on their own okay. as long as they're not too like dry like yeah sure because i mean because that is a real thing that happens um but no i just love french fries with I, in all forms 
yeah. with all sauces, with no sauces. We have a lot of... love them. Uh, we have quite a bit in common, Shelby and I. Um, our love of French fries might be at the top of the list, honestly. Uh-huh, yeah. We, we have really um, like potato-shaped hearts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Are there French fries you don't like? Like fast food French fries? I know you haven't had a lot of fast food that Americans have had in the last... Right. Not lately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, you give me Sonic Tater Tots, I'm happy. You give me... Like Wendy's fries, like that's great. I Wendy's don't. Wendy's just redid their fries. Oh, okay. You don't like McDonald's fries? I like McDonald's fries, so I was gonna say I don't really like the idea of McDonald's. Oh, just as a company? Just as a company, but um, but yeah, like I, I, yeah, I, I, I do lots of things for their fries. Like their fries are so. I love their fries. Yum. Burger King fries are disgusting. Is it the seasoning? Do you I, not like the seasoning? I don't or is know. it more of the actual fries? They just taste like cardboard. And I do eat, right. and I will eat them if you put them in front of me. <laughs> but they're right, bad. Because they're they're bad garbage food, but they're still french fries. Um, I I know that In-N-Out is not like the best whatever, but I love that you can see the potato get cut into french fries and then be cooked. That's my favorite. Like I'm like, that's a real potato I'm eating. I it was a potato, and now it's a French fry. I saw that. In and out fries are confusing because, uh, like, I love freshly cut fries, and those are, mm. I mean, they cut them, like you're saying, right in front of you. Yeah. But uh, I think they're too small. I don't know if, I don't know if it's the, small. sometimes they're not cooked all the way through. Um, mm, mm, I, I think there's a wide variance on, like, if you're, some, right. some in and out fries are really good. Some mm. are, some are not. I um, I don't really care for shoestring fries. Oh, really? I I really because like shoestring. I want to be able to grab a French fry, mm. but with shoestring, like you kind of you kind of have to get like a handful. Yeah, this is where we differ. Um, right. I grab like four fries at a time, even if they're just normal fries. I think that's my like. I'm trying to not inhale them, so mm. I'm gonna eat. It's the same with popcorn. I could eat an entire fistful of popcorn all at once. Yeah. But I try to just like piece by piece, and right? This because is, I could inhale it. And this segment's been why Shelby is healthier than Andrew. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> I think that should also come down to how many times a week we eat the French fries. <laughs> like. <laughs> I have an air fryer in my kitchen right now that could tell you lots of stories about how many fried starches I eat in a week. (laughs) I had no idea your air fryer could talk. It's very chatty for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, What have you been up to? What have you seen, uh, eaten, drank, uh, heard, smelled? smelled yep well and what's funny is that so i told you beforehand i was like writing a list so that way i could keep to the list but now that you said that like four other things just popped into my brain that's the Um, way it works when we're recording if you're wondering why the last episode was almost three hours we do apologize but should we do like a rapid fire like i'll just go and then you say okay like switch and then i'll like switch on to the next thing and then that way like you keep me in my time limit uh, no, <laughs> nah. 
<laughs> the, the listeners are screaming. Wait, I get screaming all the time the in the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, Andrew, what have you done? Do you had a chance. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So funny. Yes. All right, Shelby. So what did you actually do this week? And, yes. and okay, no so time like... limit. No time limit. <laughs> You're going to regret that. No, just kidding. Um, would you like to hear about a book, a movie, or a Charlie story first? Uh, the book. Book. Okay. So the book is called An Unkindness of Ghosts by Rivers Solomon. And I kind of touched on it last time, but I was like, oh, I haven't finished it yet. So now I have finished it. This was a book recommended to me when I kind of put out, uh, hey, send me your book recommendations. And it was so interesting. It's sci-fi, so it's set in the future. They're on like a huge spaceship. Basically, Earth has died. And so they're in the ship. They're going towards what they call the promised land. But they've been on the ship for like generations. And each level of the ship is like a different level in their caste system. So the upper class are on the upper levels of the oh, ship. It's the lower a, uh, so forth. Have you seen Snowpiercer or read it? I think it was a book. No, I haven't it's seen the same, or read it. Same concept. Same concept. Uh-huh. But yeah, on a train. Cool. Right. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so the main character, as you get to know her, she was orphaned. She is extremely intelligent, but doesn't really, the social cues are difficult for her. Um, And so she's, yeah, she's this really interesting character and you see the world through her eyes, which is very mathematical and scientific and things. And so it's about her relationships, but she is the assistant of the surgeon, which is like one of the highest ranking people on the ship and so that gives her certain liberties but she was born on a lower deck and so she kind of has both worlds and there's mystery there's really interesting sciency like sci-fi stuff going on it's a social commentary the uh it's a very religious system that the ship has so you have Kind of no separation between church and state, which means that there's a lot of persecution of people who are different and people who are poor. Um, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. And so I would highly recommend. I think it's one of those one of those books that is also important because it um, Rivers is they they go a lot into like non-gender conforming characters and they demonstrate how that can be difficult how that how people can face oppression and also just it's a good activity in 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 reading something that is a discipline in reorientating reorientating yourself when it comes to something that is so ingrained like pronouns so and reorientating is the Kiwi way of saying that. I thought it was so dumb at first, but it's not orienting. It's orientating. Is there Fun a difference? Fact. Same word. Okay, okay. Just it's making just, sure. It's just they chuck the extra syllable in there. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was racking my brain as he said it to be like, 
Because I, I I didn't think you said it wrong because you you repeated it, and then right. I was like, so maybe maybe there's two different meanings. It's my brain trying to figure out if I want to be American <laughs> or Kiwi in sure. that moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the kind of the first example that you get in the book, the opening chapters, Aster, the main character, is attending a child on one of the lower decks. And I might have flipped it because obviously the beginning of the book was a while ago. But in this lower level, all of the children use she, like female pronouns. So, and whereas in other decks, they all have like non-gendered pronouns or other decks, they're all male pronouns, which is such an interesting concept, right? Because when you take a step back and you look at like, why are we even being so careful to gender children? Like, why does that... Why does that matter so much? It makes you ask questions like that yeah. of, you know, like, why Why is this so important? Why is there such a big fight about this? And what what really is it that people want when they have specific pronouns? And, like, how do we respect people? What does it mean to, um, to honor someone with that? So, it, yeah, so there's lots of things like that that kind of push the buttons and some social boundaries. Um, so yeah, highly recommend An Unkindness of Ghosts. Very intriguing name also yeah. by River Solomon. Um, okay, so now do you want the movie or do you want the Charlie story? Uh, Charlie. Okay, Charlie. So Charlie, my year and a half um, staffy puppy, um, we learned pretty early on we had a basket in our bathroom of like toilet paper rolls, right? Well, she, of course, like any puppy, would love to run in and steal one. So we learned pretty early on, okay, well, those have to go someplace up high. But we kept the, like, the cardboard empty rolls on the floor because we thought, hey, if she wants to steal those, she thinks she's being cheeky and naughty and, like, playful. But, like, in reality, we've left them for her. And we'd rather that she steal one of those and rip it up than, like, a shoe, right? Yeah. So it's been this practice that, like, finish a roll, you kind of leave it on the ground. Every once in a while, she'll, like, come sneaking in. And she'll, like, grab it and, like, run out again. And then she'll, like, rip it to shreds. And it's just a funny thing for her, right? And it's, like, it doesn't actually harm anything. It's fine. So... We're getting to a point where we're leaving more doors open because we can trust her a bit more to not go and do something naughty in some hidden corner of the house. So I had the door to the bathroom open and I could hear the something moving and my like mom's spidey senses were tingling and I was like, nope, that's trouble. That's trouble. And so I get up and I go into the bathroom and she has ripped the last like four or five squares of toilet paper off of the roll that's on the little toilet paper holder and she's now trying to pull the roll off the wall (laughs) i'm like cheeky like she's so smart she's like oh well if i just get rid of this then i can have the whole thing (laughs) very smart so she's trying to like pull it like rather gently but she's trying to pull it and as i'm 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 doing this i'm thinking why am i teaching her this because i start and i go look if you just boop 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 and i like <laughs> like hit it so that it like comes off uh-huh. and i'm like wow i've just taught her how to steal entire entire rolls of toilet paper off of the hook Uh-oh. but i figure hey if she decides to steal a roll of toilet paper i'd rather that than her rip yeah the the hook off the wall and have a hole in our wall definitely because she's strong enough, she could do it. 
But like it was one of those things where it was like my hand was in motion and my brain was thinking, this is a bad idea. <laughs> like you shouldn't teach her this. <laughs> but she hasn't so far? I mean, it, this was only a few hours ago. Oh, oh my um, She's in her crate right now. Okay. So I'll, I'll keep you updated. Okay. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good luck. The other fun thing to do, if you have a dog, we keep the cardboard rolls and we'll like close up one end and like fold it and then we'll put some of her biscuits inside her kibble and then fold up the other end and then she's got to rip it open to get to her food. And it's really enriching. It's a good like mind game. Yeah for her and it's it's fun and she it makes mealtime like also like a brain stimulant yeah so um if you have a dog don't throw away your toilet paper rolls or your paper towel rolls Toi- paper yeah <laughs> i think you got there yeah i think you said you're with it right me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. good thank you for the yeah. dog tip um you're so welcome thanks for joining us on um <laughs> tips with charlie you've been a lovely audience I have a I have a story I was supposed to tell when you asked me what I'm drinking. Oh, yeah. If you need a quick break before your last movie one. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, I do. So I went I went to the liquor store like down the road from where we live to get uh, some ciders and a drink I'll talk about next time. Uh, yeah, how's that for a How's that for a cliffhanger, everybody? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> um. So I, I walk in there. I I think I'd been in there once before, but it was like uh, to deliver, like for a, de- for a delivery. I was driving. And so I walked in there and was like looking around and taking my time and everything. And then the guy, super friendly guy, he's like, there's more in the back if you want to go. And so so he like walks me back behind, like like it shouldn't be for customers to go and it does not look okay <laughs> but th- then there's like a big fridge and that makes sense my true crime like murderino spidey <laughs> senses are like don't go in there don't go in there he's gonna put you in the fridge if it was nighttime i would have thought twice about it okay. Okay. um but no i walk in there and it is just like a big fridge and there's lots of lots of other options that weren't out showcased before so i pick out my stuff and he and he, um, sorry, <laughs> he, uh, he keeps one of the things I had picked out already at the counter. And then I go, I go pay and he, a very friendly guy. Like I said, he's like, are you staying in a hotel around here? For those that don't know, I, I live very close to Disneyland. So, I mean, the majority of people that are here are, uh, do you have a, a beep like, uh, for the refill? Ching. There we go. Thank you. No, I should have been prepared. This is drink number two. There you go. So, so everyone in Anaheim is like a tourist essentially. There's there's a lot of people here, but right. but there's also so many people in hotels. He's like, we do free delivery to hotels. And I'm like, actually, I live down the road. And he's like, he's like, well, you do free delivery to your house? No, not quite. He's like, oh, that doesn't quite work out for you then. But if you're ever just sitting at home and don't want to go out and are drinking a lot, um, if you if you order something for over thirty dollars, we'll do free delivery. I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, good to know. Yeah. And then, uh-huh. and then I pay, and he's he's like, do you like pistachios? <laughs> 
uh, yeah, no, they're they're good. They're I I like pistachios and all of those. I like peanuts. I like cashews. He's like, all right, here's some pistachios. I'm like, uh, well, I don't I don't want them. He's like, no, no, they're on the house. <laughs> And it was very, very strange. Uh, they wow. seem to be like hand-packaged pistachios. Um, and and by hand-packaged, you mean they're it looks, not in a sealed... Yeah, bag. it looks like a Ziploc bag to me. Um, but, but he's like, yeah, please just coming back. Please just keep coming back. <laughs> wow. So I'm left wondering, like, does he own the business? Is he just really excited about where he works? Or, or is this just like a weird, happy man? <laughs> I oh, who? <clears throat> it was a, it was a wonderful time. Anaheim's a weird place because there's, yeah. I mean, Disneyland is what people are here for, and the like. There, Anaheim's a big city. A lot of people live here now, but like. All of the economy is based around Disneyland. So you have all of these right. sort of like run down, cheap, not honestly, not very good restaurants or or things like that uh, that are open super they don't late need to be good. Right. Yeah. Because they're like, open till like 2 a.m. Yeah, they're open till like 2 a.m. So then people don't have a place to go that's nicer. They can just go get some crap food at some other place or or like you're not going to get any alcohol at disneyland very often so like here's a bunch of liquor stores and it's it's a very strange place but but like he was just i was impressed by the salesmanship of this this guy and it was i don't know it was like 4 p.m on a on a thursday in a liquor store and he, he just really wanted me to come back so either he is a serial killer and he's just tested you. He's like, he will take food from strangers and he will follow me into the back room and the freezer. So he's just like conditioning you to like come back again and, and like to do more like scary things. Or he's like, he's got some abandonment issues and he's like, people come in. I never see them ever again. Maybe this man will come back and he will be my friend. Maybe, maybe you think it's one of those two, though. No, yeah, no those question. Are the options. Okay, not <laughs> not that he options. not that he like owns the place or anything, right? I mean, maybe he does, but I think it's also one of those options. I do think it's um not to, not to uh, dissuade your your wonderful two options there. Do you do see a lot of that in the taquerias around here? Like a lot of mm-hmm. like oh, have this for extra, uh, in hopes that they'll come back. It's something about um. I don't know if it's a, sort of a Mexican culture thing or or if it's something different, but but it it was compatible to that experience. Right. Well, and that makes sense to me in that setting. But yeah. when you go into it's a bottle shop an and they store. give you unpackaged nuts, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't feel the same. Like in concept, when you strip away the details, like, sure. it, like I get it totally is. And if it was like a promotion, like spend 20 bucks get some free like salted nuts like cool but like they should be packaged not like oh my wife packed me a lunch day i wonder what she put in here pistachios i bet this guy likes will you please take my pistachios and come back like that's just that's the feeling that it's very in like a box yeah yeah i would be less worried but like it was sort of a display of like ziploc bagged pistachios there was like there was like 10 or 15 others in there what kind of a display 
is a box of Ziploc baggy pistachios. <laughs> it was like out out in front, like uh, like you know, gum like is is on display when you go pay at a register. Instead, it was he's just like, pistachios. He's like, okay, okay, the prepackaged ones are too expensive. We're not making enough profit on those. I, we'll buy them in bulk. We'll bag them ourselves. We'll in Sharpie. We'll write like free pistachios on there, and then boom, there you go, special done. I have Save them so much money. I have them right here. I really feel like you shouldn't eat those. Oh, I will. Probably later tonight. Is there a way that, like, you can cook pistachios to, like, get any of that bad Jeremy juju off there? Or do you can you throw, just eat pistachios you can, raw? You can throw them in a pan, probably, but I'm not going to. Okay. Okay. It's going to be fine. It's been, it's been so nice knowing you. <laughs> it has. I'm so grateful for our friendship. You'll have one more episode after this, listeners. Because I'm not we're gonna ready record to it. buy you a fountain yet. I have not saved that much money. Well, uh, you started a new job, so you'll get there. That's that's true. <laughs> I guess I just won't come home yeah. for a visit, and we'll just put all of that money. Maybe that will pay for a fountain. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. All right, what uh, what movie did you watch? <laughs> right, I have one more. Left. One more. <laughs> yes. Oh, I guess I shouldn't have said movie. It's a show. Oh, okay. Sorry. For I the forgive false you. Advertisement. Thank you. Um, this is, it's called a discovery of witches. It's based on a book by a book series by Deborah Harkness. I think you briefly mentioned it last episode. Yes. If you stayed uh, around for like three hours, you probably <laughs> you made it that far. <laughs> yes, I did. So I finished season three. There's three books, so there's three seasons. I finished season three this morning. And the books are wonderful. Like, I think in most things you end up getting more detail from the books because you can say more in a book than you can in a show or a movie. There's just more time, right? So you usually, you get all of that, like, yummy extra details and stuff. And the show is, and this is my disclaimer. I was thinking about it as I was talking to you about this. It's not like it's the best show in the world. Like, it's... It's a British show. It doesn't have the biggest budget, but it's got a good cast. Some of the effects are a little like, oh, like that's not the best that I've ever seen. So it's it's not like a show that is just going to like, wow, blow your mind. But especially if you've read the books or even if you haven't, it's just really delightful. There's romance. There's a really lovely um, like story between the the main two characters it's about like witches and vampires and demons so if you want like a grown-up version of that story that's what this is the main character is a historian and her parents were witches but she's never been able to do any witchy things for some reason it just doesn't work and then one day she finds a book in a library that just kind of changes everything and it's about like the segregation between the different kinds of creatures and they time travel at one point and it's just so lovely and i think each season is only like eight or ten episodes so they're not very long and uh yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it nice Mm -hmm. do you know is is it over do you know if there's more seasons coming it's done unless they decide to expand and do a story that hasn't been written yet would you want Uh, them to not really like if deborah harkness wrote another like a following like trilogy or something then like i'd read it 
And then if the, the books were good, like I'd watch another show happily. Yeah. But I kind of have a hard time when authors write books and then shows or movies are made and then they continue on and like they've gone off book. Like we saw that with Game of Thrones and we saw how that worked. Wouldn't highly recommend it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like most people would agree. Like wouldn't really recommend it. No. If something's based on a book and then you run out of book, like you just, you stop. Yeah, probably. I think yeah. that's true. Or, yeah. or, I don't know. There's so many things that just aren't good adaptations. So yes. I, I always prefer, and I think you'll strongly disagree with this. I, at this point in my life, like I prefer people like taking their interpretation of the book and making some changes to it when they adapt it. Um, I think it's far more interesting and usually makes for a better show or movie, not because the source material is not amazing because it usually is, but because you can't faithfully recreate it. Um, of course, there are obvious exceptions and, and exceptional exceptions. But um, but I think more often than not, like it can fall pretty flat. For sure. Like, I think we agree on that point that, like, usually when you turn a book into a movie, it's it's going to disappoint you, like, in one way or another. But I also think that for people who love the book, they want to see the movie because they want to see the book come to life. And so if you take too many liberties, then... Then those people get mad. Yeah. Whereas if it's someone that hasn't read the book and they just want a really good movie, they could go into it and be like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. So I think it's all about your audience. It is. I mean, yeah. I am definitely the latter there. So uh, yeah. I think when directors are too tied to the source material, it can, uh, it, yeah, again, it could just fall flat for them. And uh which is why I'm a fan of when an author is involved in the production. Yeah, that usually already. helps sometimes. <laughs> I mean, there yeah, there is always different outcomes, but because then you you also run the risk of well, you've got too many creative hands yeah. in the pot, and there's going to be some conflict, and that's not going to work. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah, I think it comes down to what's the motivation. Is it like ah, oh, this book is a hundred years old, and no one's read it. Let's do a really cool movie, or oh, this is like a fan cult favorite. Like we have to keep to the book. Yeah. I yeah. I do prefer adaptations at this point to be lesser known books just because mm. there's so much fanfare that comes along yeah. with these mega novels or, or fantasy yeah. stories or, or whatever. Because when you've got a book like that where half the world's read it, there's so many expectations being carried into that movie, yeah. and there's no way that you can fulfill all of those expectations. There's going right. to be some disappointment in some way. So, like, as someone who reads books and then wants to watch a movie, you have to be prepared for that. But not everybody is. Or it's like, oh, well, I'm willing to sacrifice some things, but these things I need to be perfect. Yeah. And, you know, and everybody's different. So it's a little bit of... You run the risk of you're going to disappoint people. Um, yeah, no I mean, what. like fan expectations are. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, I mean it's it's a yeah. disaster usually, or <laughs> like like there's 
there's you can't win right now or i mean we could go on an hour-long rabbit trail down star wars right now but i'm not going to um we're not going to but uh, it's kind of a problem that i don't know if it's going to be reconciled at all there's just two people have two like even just the the everyday fan has too loud of a voice probably as far as yeah creating content and and commenting on art um and and then movie studios cater to those people and and they mean to a degree they should but but when you get so far inside of a fandom um like star wars or like game of thrones or harry potter or whatever then that kind of clouds your judgment in my opinion yeah and like there's a reason why books are written and there's a reason why movies are made yeah and an author can be extremely talented at writing a book, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they should write a movie. No, no, no. So in some in some instances, like they should just be separate and you enjoy the book for what it is and you enjoy a movie for what it is. And then you go on and you live the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of um, life. Living the rest of your life. Speaking of Speak, I had a good one. I had a good one. It was going to be something like, speaking of life imitating art, um, let's talk about Yosemite National Park. That was, I'm sorry I cut you off. That was a good transition. I'm not sure it's true, but, <laughs> but I was feeling it. Yeah, no, that's all good. That's all good. Yeah, Yosemite. So, okay, so this week, our theme is five-day nature trip. Yeah. So you've gone down the route of Yosemite. It's a national park. I'm really excited to see what your itinerary looks like. Yeah, I, it was a lot of fun to research. I have never been there. Uh, you you were going someplace that you've never been, so I, I yeah. followed suit. And mm-hmm. um, a couple, I'm sure we're going to talk about other places eventually. Unless, unless of course, these pistachios kill me. But... <laughs> If they and don't, then I will carry on. I will. I will talk about all the places that that Andrew and I never went to. <laughs> oh gosh, so sad. <laughs> um, if you want to sponsor us, trip it to me at gmail.com and then if you want to send us some free um non-processed pistachios in ziploc bags please email us i'll give you andrew's address we'd, we'd rather you just send us on trips though um <laughs> So the, a few other considerations. I'm sure I'm going to talk about Banff and the Canadian Rockies at some point. Uh, I'm very excited to do that. It's a drive I've made a couple times and just absolutely adore. And I think it really fits the nature bill. Um, and then something that we might experience in the next year or two are the Hawaiian or Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Um, that Woo-hoo. that looks really very exciting too um but i settled on yosemite in part because it's not that far away from me um i i just mentioned i lived in anaheim Uh, from here it's about a six six and a half hour drive if you were flying in you'd probably want to fly into well the closest airport is fresno i'd encourage you if you're coming from like a, a faraway place and haven't been to california very much fly into san francisco and spend like a day or two there and then and then if yosemite's really calling your name then go from san francisco it's about a four and a half hour drive from there 
which is not too terrible and would be quite pretty. You'd run into some, um, uh, like the furthest south point of the Redwoods, honestly, and that that's well worth driving through. Speaking of, before we get into the actual itinerary, um, I didn't include the Sequoias, which are similar to the Redwoods. Um, they are in the south side of the National Park, and I kind of kept everything centrally located right in Yosemite Valley. Uh, but if you're coming from the south, or if you just want to go on a drive, um, the sequoias seem well worth experiencing. In that same vein, um, every February there's uh, something called Firefall at Yosemite National Park. This happened every summer beginning in 1972. They would pour hot embers down a uh, from the top of Glacier Point. Um, and it, they did it, I believe it was like a week-long event. Um, yeah. They, and I, I cannot figure out why. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, I'm sure it looked just incredibly cool. But also, don't, don't do this, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, they started this in 1872 and it ended in 1968. Can you... Can you guess why, Shelby? Any idea why you'd uh, want to stop pouring hot embers down a national park? Did it start a forest fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sure did. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. It's like I grew up in Southern Oregon or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe this is a thing that happened. But, uh, I mean, again, I'm sure it looked really cool. And maybe they, maybe they just had... No idea. I Too don't know. Too much to drink? Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely yes. Okay, so... Peter what... was sitting around a campfire and he was like, guys, I've got a great idea. And they were like, yeah, we should totally do it. And then it just became a thing. So what this has left us with, though, is a place called Horsetail Fall. Um, it is a waterfall. It's not a, like, huge flowing waterfall, but, like, water comes off of it and down this large... Large in cave where the hot embers went down, but every <laughs> every February, uh, some cool lighting happens. I, it just has to be based on like the the where the sun is at that time of year, um, and for like a two or three week span at sunset, the the sun hits the waterfall just right so that it looks like it's the hot embers again. So they call it firefall at Yosemite. So it happens, yeah, again, for like a two to three week span every February. I didn't include that because that's a very short amount of time um, to plan a trip. Like you got a narrow window in there. Um, right. But it sounds super cool. It sounds like a, a thing that uh, extremely popular tons of photographers go to it and and catch it at sunrise or sunset and yeah it, it looks amazing so if you're interested that looked very cool uh, let's talk about where to stay uh, there's a number of hotels in yosemite valley the prettiest one uh, is just gorgeous it's called the awani um, the Awani Lodge, it's, it's a lodge essentially. I don't think it's actually called, oh, here we go. The Awani, no, no, the Awani Great Lounge is one, but it's just it's called the Awani. Oh, Iwani. it looks beautiful. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. And it's also like $600 a night, but <laughs> oh. 
I am. Um, uh, I guess this is a good time to say, like, I don't really like camping that much. I don't love right. uh, sleeping in a tent or things like that. I, I tolerate it and it's fine. But I would much rather stay in a hotel. Or uh, when, when I do think of national parks, these great, beautiful lodges come to mind. And, mm-hmm. and this certainly fits the bill. It is, it is stunning. So is the Yosemite Valley, is it central enough that you stay in one place the whole time? That's, or you, you move around and stay in different places? No, that, that's my goal for the itinerary, that you just kind of staying in one spot. Um, that's so nice. I, I would say that there are some extensive hikes, and if you want to make them a little shorter, you could drive a couple miles and then, and then start from a trailhead instead of walking the extra two or three miles and then, and then right. happening on that. Um, I, I will say like, if I did this, I'd probably shoot to stay at this hotel for like a night and then mm. go somewhere cheaper for the other four. Cause $600 yeah. is too much, but it's the dining oh, oh, room. Oh, I know. It's incredible. Like, oh, you can, wow. you can't explore this place without staying there. Um, COVID rules are a little, have it a, a little different than it usually is but but you can like walk in there and everything um yeah it looks it looks amazing i just imagine like teddy roosevelt sitting oh absolutely in this dining room yeah and be like i hunted this stag and i'm eating this steak tonight and then i'm gonna put his antlers up on the wall but like in a really classy way yeah that's that's what i imagine too <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, uh, this would be my top pick of places to stay. And if money was no mm-hmm. object, yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Um, so if you want to sponsor us, then email us. <laughs> we <laughs> will gladly me. stay here. Uh, Yosemite Valley Lodge is kind of the next stop down. And it doesn't look nearly as pretty from the outside, but the <laughs> rooms are, are pretty. And then there's, it seems like some add-ons to what was originally there and those are fairly modern and, and quite beautiful mm. as well you know when the building isn't quite as pretty when like the header on the website is like a nature landscape it's like wow look at the things you can see when you stay here don't worry that, about the building you're not here for the building look at the nature yes exactly right yes um this one's about 300 dollars a night which is still pretty spendy um, but, but it looks very, um, like I was surprised how modern it looked, honestly. The photo of the mountain room is yeah. really beautiful. Yeah, it Whatever is. the heck the mountain room is. <laughs> Whatever it is, I want to stay there. It's like beautiful, modern. It's like all glass on one side. Yeah. So like really huge windows. It's very square shaped. So yeah, really modern, really beautiful. Uh, it does look like it is in, it is at the foothill of like these peaks like yes. the, the photo of the pool it's like you look up and there's like a cliff face and a waterfall so yes. you can be in a pool looking at a waterfall we'll talk about that waterfall soon but yes this is one of the biggest appeals of that hotel um it is mm-hmm. right by yosemite falls and um you could step out the door and and see it so that's wow. very cool um moving to a uh, a few cheaper options, uh, the Wawona. So sorry if I pronounced that wrong. 
Um, the Wawona Hotel is kind of a Victorian style hotel. Um, um, more of a bed and breakfast feel to it. And cute. It is cute. Uh, some rooms have a bath, some don't. The ones that don't had were about $150 a night, which is not too bad. Um, the ones that do were not available. <laughs> and for our New Zealand and Australian listeners, you mean the rooms don't have a bathroom, like a whole bathroom attached? That's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, as Thank far you. as I know, I did, right. did just say bath, but I assume that's what it mm. means. Right. Because frequently here, like the bath will be like, like the bathroom and like the toilet are yeah. like separate. So like yeah. you could have like a, yeah. So just thank you for the clarification. Th- it's I, real cute. It is cute. And honestly, as far as prices go, like this would be the, the pick, I think, do do four nights here plus mm-hmm. um, plus a night at the really spendy one. That sounds lovely. Um, Andrew, there's a golf course. There is a golf course. We might talk about that later, too. Oh. Uh, um, this one isn't quite as centrally located. That was the one downside. Um, a little, a little bit out of the way, but not, not like a ton, not to where it really, really matters. So there you go. Um, there are also just a couple like tent villages. Um, so they set up the tents for you and, and they look nice. That's nice. Yeah, it is. Um, a couple of them have spaces for like four or five guests. A couple are just two people tents. Uh, Curry Village looked fun and, um, that, that's one of the areas and then there's also housekeeping camp, which does not sound as exciting to me. <laughs> Would you agree that setting up the tent is maybe the worst part of staying in a tent? Um, no, sleeping on the ground. Oh, okay. But even if you have like an air mattress or like a like a mat yeah, or something, just not that into it. Um, yeah. But. Setting up the tent can be uh, an annoying thing to do. Uh-huh. There are and, and taking the tent down, yes, right? Like yes. the end of the trip, take the tent down. There are like easily set up, easily tents that are easy to set up. There we go. <laughs> I, easily set upable. <laughs> yeah, I was I was about to yeah. say that. I was like, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, camping's just not for me, I think. I think that's, that's where right. I'm falling. That's all right. Yeah. Um, sorry, Mom. Uh, the, the There do seem to be some, like, heated tents at this place, too, at Curry Village, anyway. And then there are a few, like, cabins. Uh, and that, again, seems a little more up my alley. But, but the yeah, the Curry Village one was kind of appealing and in a great spot. All right, let's get to the itinerary. Now that you have all of those, again, I mean, my top choice is the Awani one, but both of those other hotels are have have some distinct features. And like you said, the Valley Lodge is right by the the waterfall, and that would be incredible. So, the um the Curry Village with all of the tents, yeah, looks like the campsite in Tarzan. Oh, sure. With all yeah. of, like, the white canvas tents. So I just feel like I'd walk around with, like, a horrible British accent and i just pretend to be Jane or the professor and... Like, the whole time. Like, you'd not be able to shut me up. I would just be singing that the entire time. <laughs> Maybe they'll hire you as, like, entertainment. 
I don't think they will. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did not think you were going to go Tarzan there. I thought you were going to go Colt for sure. <laughs> I live to surprise you, Andrew. Thank, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I take I take great joy in it. Okay. I'm glad. Okay, the first day, uh, didn't know like when we get there and everything. So it's a pretty easy day. Uh, there is a lot of walking and hiking and well, in every itinerary we do, really, but uh, yeah. but especially in this one because you're in a national park. Uh, I should say before I really get into it, like like part of the appeal to me here is to go out and do a bunch of photography stuff, um, and so are we surprised? No. So some of these like sunrise and sunset things are strictly photography based, and you could probably go any time of the day, and it'd still be extremely beautiful um but there are a few that i specifically wanted to be around at sunrise or sunset and there are even more that i feel like we're just missing out on and i i'm not going to mention um so for the first day uh they have bike rentals and i thought like a, a nice little way to see around uh yosemite valley and and like get a lay of the land would just be hop on a bike and there's there's one trail they have on their website that's about five miles it goes from um like either the valley lodge or you could start at the Oani hotel and you could you go out around curry village and into into um some other parts of the park and and yeah it looks it looks really pretty uh, i would be inclined to go kind of off uh, not off trail because don't do that but like on a trail but not on like one they'd recommend and, and kind of explore right, around right. a little bit um right. it's 30 dollars for a half day bike rental 40 for a full day uh, that's really reasonable yeah 40 and like just rent a bike for a full day and and yeah, yeah. You save your legs a little bit um mm-hmm. if you want it for the full day uh the photography spot for the day is uh the sentinel bridge uh which has a view of one of the most iconic features of yosemite which is half dome um yeah and half i should describe half dome for those that don't know Um, half dome is is a giant um (laughs) it looks like a concrete slab almost but it's ginormous like it, it's one of the biggest, my, uh, oh no, my links just decided not to work. So hang oh, tight, no. hang tight. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a granite dome essentially. Um, and there's so many different places to see it from. I picked this bridge because it's, um, above the the water so you could get a reflection and uh, it, that would be pretty um, mm. this the half dome is what the North Face logo is based on <gasps> oh so if you can picture that um, that huh. is that is what it is um, yeah wow. it's it's a beautiful uh, granite <laughs> granite dome Uh <laughs> There's a few other domes around that I'm I'm not gonna mention, but they all look gorgeous. This is just the the biggest one, and 
maybe yeah it's it, i mean it's probably the most famous aspect of the whole park and there's so many different ways to see it but uh this is the the one where we'd probably get the closest people have tried to climb it and have succeeded i should say um but it seems like a very rigorous climb so um not right. something well, I, mean, I it's a dome yeah not something i could do but if you're an experienced climber you could probably do it from what i read it's not like okay. a impossible feat or anything so yeah we're gonna spend the evening through sunset there um i mean being in an I'm not used to it. I live in the city and have for the last 15 years, um, different cities, but there's a, there's not a lot of natural nighttime light. But uh, if you if you're there at like a full moon, the full moon will like illuminate the whole half the whole dome, and that that is cool. really cool. So um, if if you time it right, uh, maybe maybe I'd probably stay into the into the nighttime. We'll have dinner that night. If I don't mention a meal, it's like just pack a meal. You're in you're in the wilderness. You're, just figure it out. Pack a pack a sandwich. I mean, that's what that's what you're supposed to do when camping. Maybe a good time to like pack groceries and yes, bring them with. And absolutely. Then, yeah, feed yourself accordingly. My itinerary is going to be very much the same. Yeah, there's no um, like I said, there's no airport that's like right by. You're gonna you're gonna probably have to rent a car to get there. There are some shuttles. But just stop for groceries along the way and mm-hmm. have have like a meal or two in each each day and then or like pack a sandwich each day and then go. Right. I do have I do have like a dinner each each night. But and this first night is at the Awani Bar, which is uh, right out. Right, I mean it's in the Awani Hotel or Lodge or whatever you want to call it. Um, this. Uh, apparently the bar is both inside and outside seating. So that sounds nice. And it's not just bar food. They have like a short rib, a charcuterie board, uh, pork sandwich, turkey chili. It's a, it's a pretty wide array of things about 10 or yeah, 10 or 15 things. And then, uh, some good looking desserts and drinks, of course. So, um, this is, uh, when you're going places like this, I feel like they can charge whatever they want for the food. And this one's moderately priced between like 15 and 20, 15 and 30 probably. So, but it looks very pretty and good. Day two. Uh, I kind of got my like rentals out of the way early. I'm not sure why. You could really move these days around in any order. There's no rhyme or reason. Um, but we're going rafting. Um, I've never, I've never like gone white water rafting. I've, I've, really? I've floated down many like rivers on an inner tube, mm. but like slow floats and, and all that. Uh, I think I would love rafting though. And oh yeah, it's, it seems up my alley. Uh, and this was very reasonably priced. I don't think it's quite to like white water level, mm. but uh, it looked like you needed a guide for most of this, um, mm. but it's only thirty dollars a person, and it's a three-hour float. Or no, I'm sorry, a three-mile float, which would probably take about three hours, honestly. Um, maybe a little less, but it looks. Uh, I mean, it would just be a very fun thing to do in a different view of the valley that we couldn't get from any other 
um, any other way. Uh, next time you're in Medford, because I know you're there all the time because you love it so much, um, we'll go whitewater rafting. Oh, oh you're going to be there too. Uh huh. Yeah. That sounds nice. I mean, why would you be in my hometown without me? I have the last two times I've driven through. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, next time we'll, we're both in Medford, we'll go whitewater rafting. Okay. Medford City Council. If you want us to have glowing things to say about Medford, <laughs> let's hear from you, okay? I I could Google the rafting company that we would go through to like call them out and be like, sponsor us, but like they're not going to hear it. So I'm not going to take the time to do that. Okay, fair um, enough. The, the Rogue River actually has whitewater rapids and there's usually people that die every year because oh. they're... They're, they're like, they're white water rapids. Like, they're extremely dangerous. And so, usually the part that you go through is, like, more tame. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if you want that pump of adrenaline, we can do that. Not if it's going to kill us. I mean, like, I think if you go with a guide, like, it's not going to kill you. Sure, sure. I'll... Unless you do something really dumb. Yeah. Like, fall out and yeah. hit your head on yeah. a rock. Yeah. Or, like, get that trapped under it. a current and then you drown. Yeah, that, that would... I'd much rather hit my head on the rock, probably. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. great. Okay, good talk. Um, we talked about the Sentinel Bridge uh, last time. Now, the rest of the day is kind of spent at the Sentinel Beach picnic area after our rafting. Um, this, uh, we get into this debate again about what's a beach. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not by the ocean, but but it is by kind of the lake and the water, and it. Um, there's a lot of places to explore right around it. You can go back to the bridge and get more of Half Dome, or you could you could go see other things. The cool thing about the valley is you're surrounded by all of these different peaks. That uh, I mean, there's Glacier Point, and then there's El Capitan, and there's so many different mountains to look up and see. Um, so it's not going to feel like uh, you've seen it all even if you're spending mm-hmm. an afternoon in one spot. Um, yeah, no, it, it uh, the beach area looked, uh, it'd be a perfect place to like pack a lunch and, and go hang out for the afternoon, maybe get in the water if it's in the summer, but also just like walk around a bunch and, and go explore. So, um, okay, that night we're going to the mountain room for dinner. Um, which is in mountain room. (laughs) Uh, This is in the Yosemite Valley Lodge. Um, and it, it's kind of, um, it, it, well, it's a steakhouse really. Um, but it also has burgers and some seafood and, and all that, uh, kind of just a classic American style restaurant. I wasn't like super excited about it, but it looked I was hungry when I read it, so that was good enough there's, for me. There's baked goat's cheese. I'm sold. Okay, there we go. The mm-hmm. um, the picture I see of it is is quite pretty, um, and yeah, it it's like it looks pretty modern and and a lot of uh, op- uh, like natural lighting, but also a lot of those wood tones that are you kind of associate with a national park lodge and all that day three um day three is all about yosemite falls which we briefly mentioned uh this this waterfall is gigantic it's 2425 feet high um 
which yeah that that's really high um it's like half a mile almost uh, yeah yeah it's crazy uh from the awani lodge this is about a two mile hike um but uh, again it kind of depends where you're staying if you're staying at the valley lodge then it's it's closer than that um there's quite a few different areas to see it from but it's so big that like you could you could really go anywhere um it is right by a river that looks surprisingly calm <laughs> even though it's right by the waterfall yeah is this the one that if you're in the pool you can see it yes this would be the same okay, waterfall cool. yes cool um but it it's just it just looks gorgeous it's coming down off this uh, rocky cliff and uh, jagged cliff and, and it yeah it looks absolutely amazing um, again there's there's a few different places to see it from uh, and and it really feels like there's no bad spot uh, mm. I would again I like in photography I like the reflection so I would get by the river and uh, there's some bridges there and, and that sounds like a nice way to spend an afternoon too um, mm. I don't from what I've read which again sort of minimal I mean it's just research for the episode I don't know how close you could get to the top of it I'm sure you could hike up mm. there somehow but I think it'd be a pretty aggressive hike um, right. one that I probably wouldn't recommend unless you're very experienced um, that that goes for a lot of these peaks like Half Dome or El Capitan. But uh, but yeah, seeing it from down below is good enough for me. And um, yeah, it's it's just gorgeous. So uh, spending the day there. Um, after after that, we're gonna do a short hike to Three Brothers, uh, which is a peak. Well, it it's a Let's see. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Um, three Brothers consists of Eagle Peak and Middle and Lower Brothers. I don't. I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but those are the peaks that the Three Brothers consist of. It's just like three peaks right in a row. I'm gonna send a picture to Shelby right now, and that doesn't help you listening at all. But I thought she might want to see it. Um, but yeah, no, it looks uh, very cool, and it's right along that river again. Um, so I think you could kind of follow that along all, all the way and, uh, go see the falls, go see this all in one day. And yeah, it, it, uh, it looks stunning. And, and one of the more accessible things to see from throughout the valley is, it seems like there's no, there's no hike needed. It's just there. So I'm not going to lie. I think middle peak really steals the show. I agree. I think mm. it's Middle Brother, though, isn't it? Middle middle Brother, Middle Peak, yeah. Eagle Peak, Middle Brother, Lower. <laughs> what, is, what, are, what you, is it? <laughs> you got it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It was Eagle Peak, Middle and Lower Brothers. Middle and Lower Brothers. Yeah, Middle Brother. He's got it. Yeah, I do like I mean, Eagle Peak, though. Beautiful. I do like yeah. Eagle Peak. Well, and you're right. This photo that he sent, it's, it's reflected in the water. Oh, well, yeah. Which so I pretty. know because you're a photographer, you love the reflections, but it's very beautiful. Yeah. And that, did you get the falls one yet? Has it sent? Yeah. It's Ooh. also 
amazingly Ooh. beautiful. Um, I'd, I'd print that. I'd hang it on my wall. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, some of these, uh, I should say I use Travel Caffeine, which is one of my favorite photographers. But TravelCaffeine.com has a lot of um, different spots that uh, his name's Tom. He, uh, Tom likes to go find and then photo photograph from so three brothers um was was one of the like kind of his hidden gym uh if you know who john muir is he he kind of was a uh like he he there's a there's a redwood place named after him near san francisco and he's just kind of a champion of national parks especially in california Mm. California, sorry, and uh, and Three Brothers was apparently his favorite part of Yosemite. So, uh, Dave. Oh, sorry, almost skipped our meal. But uh, don't yeah. skip the food. I'm I looking know, at the I menu know. right now. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. Ahi ahi tuna is like the raw tuna, right? That's like amazing yeah. and like melt in your mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, again, like. These itineraries are so much looser than the ones I've been planning for cities because it's like, we'll get here and then we'll walk around. I feel like I should reiterate that. Oh my gosh, my room's getting darker and darker and I've just noticed. (laughs) Do you want me to turn the light on, Shelby? It's it's all right. There's no no stress. Okay, sorry. Um, (laughs) Yeah, anyway, that night uh, we'll go back to Base Camp Eatery, which I believe was in, in the... Sorry? In the Curry Village. Mm. Um, yeah, they have Poke Bowls and, um, and a bunch of others. Other the stuff. one that I'm looking at that I'm quite excited by is the Spicy Tuna Bowl. Yeah, looks and delicious. It looks, it looks delicious, yeah. Do you like sushi? Um, not really, but I've, I've had ahi tuna. Yeah. In like a, like not a sushi meal, but like a, like a separate meal. And um, it's delicious. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Like it melts in your mouth. It just like, mm, like when I think about eating raw fish, I'm like, yuck, gross. Because I'm like five. But that is amazing. So like the ahi tuna, the sticky rice, carrots, cucumber, like the wonton crisp, the sriracha aioli. Like that is, mm, that is up my alley. Very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now the have you had eel before? Uh-huh. No. Oh. Man, I love eel. Eel is so good. Eels freak me out. Yeah, eels eels freak everyone out, I think. <laughs> they are, what are you? A fish? A snake? No, what what are you? Both. We saw what this is a, a huge tangent. We saw one when we were at um Topo at the lake. Um it was a good 40 meters away from the water because it had climbed up however an eel climbs and was like that far away from the water and it was dead on the ground and it was huge like it was so big and it was so upsetting and i was like how i was like certainly like a bird picked it up and dropped it and that's why it died and ben was like no it like came out of the water and i was like wait you're telling me <laughs> an eel can be in the water? 
or out of the water. And he's like, oh, yeah, didn't you know that? And I was like, of course I didn't know that. Why would I know that? I was so upset. Yeah. I was like, this is really upsetting for my life and my comfortableness. Yeah. You might like them more if you eat them. Maybe. Maybe. It is. And like good. a really sick, sadistic kind of Yeah, way. yeah, exactly. Probably in my top 10 favorite foods. Eel. No. Yeah. No, I... No. Like, I... What did they taste like? One of the best things I've ever eaten was eel in Japan. Like, it was... No. It was... I don't know. Top five favorite meal of all time. And other places... I mean, sushi has such a wide variance, right? Like, if you pay what you get for when it comes to sushi right. most of the time. Right. But, uh, but yeah, no, that sushi... Uh, most of the time, eel is is grilled, um, like at least seared. Um, so so it has a slight char to it, um, but it, uh, yeah. And then served with like a little um, teriyaki or bar- like it could be served with like even a barbecue sauce. But but usually it's like a teriyaki drizzle over the top, and it is just so good. My I'm mouth. Really I'm, by that. I'm so hungry now. <laughs> Uh, I also, they have a hot honey chicken biscuit to go the absolute opposite way of eel, I feel mm. like. Um, and that sounds pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, so, there you go. This is one of the cheaper meals. Uh, and again, you could you could go to these for lunch or dinner, whatever you please. <coughs> that night, excuse me, that night, um, call it an early night. And because the next morning I'm planning to get up at like 3 or 4 a.m. and hike quite a ways. Um, Honestly, if I was going to do the sunrise hike, I would drive a little bit to the trailhead. Uh, But from the from the actual lodge, um, which was kind of my base point, it's seven and a half miles to get to Artist Point, Uh, which fun fact. uh, Every national park. In America, has an artist point. Huh. Yeah. I had no idea That's until delightful. I researched this. Yeah. Oh, I uh, like that. It looked like have, you were about to say something else. Yes. Have you ever done like a pitch black hike before? No, I have not. So we did one about a year ago. And what I didn't know, because I had never done it before, and friends were like, no, 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 it's fine. We'll drive there after work. We'll hike. We'll be in the dark. But like, it's okay. No big deal. So we get there and we start hiking and everyone has like torches or headlamps or whatever. Oh, and torches like sounds parts, pretty badass. Right? Yeah. But they're, well, I mean, they're not like torches. They're yeah, like, but they're they should be. They yeah, should but be. They, they should be. Yeah. Um, we get partway through this hike and like at one point I look down and like on the other side of me, there's just like a cliff that like you can't see because you're in the dark. But like if you trip and fall... Like, you're going to go down a cliff. You're dead. So I also had, like, a minor anxiety attack at one point during this hike because I was, like, walking up a hill and I couldn't see the top of it. And I was like, oh, God, this is my life. I just keep walking up and I'm never going to get to the top. I had an existential crisis. (laughs) On the other side of the hill was base camp where we were sleeping for the night. But Ben and I had to stop because I was having an existential crisis. Um, So uh, pitch black hikes, real good fun. Uh, Wouldn't necessarily recommend, but real good fun. (laughs) 
Well, you're... I was like, every step I was like, this is every job application. This is every cover letter I write. This is, ah, none of it's getting me anywhere. And I, yeah, complete meltdown. It was great. Well, look at you now. <laughs> yes. Yes. A year later, we are on the other side of that hill. Here at base camp. You. And you can go to sleep. <laughs> I can go to sleep. I can take a huge nap. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, I'd still recommend like maybe going for the sunrise hike, but maybe not. <laughs> no, <laughs> she, do it. You should. If Shelby it. was with me, I'd think twice about it. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm totally fine. Okay, sounds good. All right. I think a little gin can't fix. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, Tunnel View and Artist Point are well. Tunnel View is one of the most popular photography destinations or hiking destinations in Yosemite. Um, notably because you can see the, like the three most popular uh, peaks, I guess, um, being El Capitan, Bridal Veil Fall, and Half Dome, um, which well, El Capitan's on the left, and Bridal Veil Fall on the right, and then Half Dome in the distance. Uh, but it is... I mean, it's it's stunning. It's a gorgeous location to stop. Uh, if you do go at sunset or sunrise, depending on the time of year, uh, it's going to be packed, uh, which is kind of interesting. I guess I guess when in Rome, right? Like if you if right. if you're in a spot and <laughs> and it's like uh, where a lot of people hike and go to take pictures, then they're gonna get up and see the sunrise too, even though. Mm no one should get up at four in the morning <laughs> um, but it i mean it is truly uh like a stunning view what i what i did find again thanks to travel caffeine is if you walk and not not to say that this isn't a lot more walking but if you walk like an extra 40 minutes you'll get the same view but without anyone else there for the most part um and that's that's artist point it's it's an yeah maybe an, an extra 40 minutes when i looked it up on google maps if you were coming from the lodge then you would go a different way to get to artist point and it was actually about the same distance in length but uh but yeah it was uh it it looks like the exact same view maybe maybe even a little more striking from artist point honestly a uh, little more in the foreground too, um, but yeah, no, it it either of these places seem worth doing. I I don't know if I'd maybe if you go to one, then you'll be like, might as well go to the other, but but if you go to one, I think you're gonna get close to the same view. Um, yeah, and it looks looks well worth doing, and would be on my top two or three things to do while I'm at Yosemite. Mm. Um, because I don't like getting up at three or four a.m., I'm gonna go back and take a nap, and then I'm gonna yes. and then I'm gonna play a round of golf at the Wawona Golf Course. Um, this, Shelby, you might appreciate this. This is one of the only organic golf courses in the country. Um, that they, actually is really cool. It is. Uh, let me read what they mean by that. Um, they don't use any pesticides on the course, and they only re. Uh, they use only reclaimed gray water, um, which I would assume is something flowing from one of the falls. 
um, or or in one of the rivers to water all of the grass. So none of it is, um, uh, yeah, no no pesticides and nothing to like help the grass grow that isn't already there. Um, and that's that's pretty cool. Um, it looks like a, it doesn't look like a super hard golf course, but it's like we talked about in Chicago, but in a very different way. Like you kind of get the lay of the land while doing mm -hmm. an activity. Uh, and that that appeals to me and I just like to golf. Uh, they do have a snack and beverage service, so I'm going to have a hot dog. Done. For those that don't like to golf, there is a disc golf course. Um, <laughs> so that would probably be fun, too. I don't think it costs anything. It might. <gasps> Free? But I, I would assume you'd rent the discs if you don't have right. discs. What does um a round of golf cost? A round of golf costs for eighteen holes, um, on the weekday thirty four dollars, weekend thirty nine. Um, that seems really reasonable. Everything, I mean, the food's pretty expensive, but like all the activities have been super reasonable. Um, They're just saving so much money on not buying pesticides <laughs> that you can golf. Something like that. Uh, no, uh -huh. it, I mean, eighteen holes. $39 for 18 holes is like like an average cost, maybe a little less than. But for being in such a pristine location, uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty cheap. I wouldn't, I honestly, prob I don't think the course is going to be like anything incredible as far as the layout. If you're really into golf, you'll, you'll know what I mean. Like it's not going to be like extremely um, challenging or, or exciting as far as just playing the course. But yeah, I mean, you do it for the surrounding area. Right. Uh -huh. Right. Um, cool. Yeah. No, I was out of the days. This was maybe the day I was most excited about um, with the with the tunnel view or artist point followed by the golf. And then I rounded it off with um, that giant banquet hall that you t that you saw in Awani that mm -hmm. shall be briefly mentioned um they do a dinner buffet they do a breakfast and lunch buffet as well um uh, if you really like breakfast like Shelby does uh maybe you go for that but the dinner buffet uh looked looked good I mean it has all of your your kind of classic dinner buffet things prime rib mm -hmm. seafood um I'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> they didn't oh oh there's the there's the desserts morsels of homemade tarts cakes chocolate delights the best i don't i'm not a huge like buffet fan uh usually the food is just not as good usually it's average yeah. so you eat more yeah, yeah. but but you can really sell me on a buffet if they have uh, like some extravagant desserts Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, a buffet in like this setting, I feel like is a little more interesting to me. So. Mm. Would, and like if, like if you're doing all that walking, you might actually be hungrier than you usually would be. So it might be like, oh no, this is a really great way to like kind of fill your appetite. Oh yeah. And like recharge your body after walking miles and miles and miles day after day no if you and especially this day if you do that hike in the morning followed by golf in the afternoon you're gonna walk like 12 miles ravenous yeah, yeah. um which sounds great to me but i understand if it does not sound great to you <laughs> um day five is 
Uh, I mean, I didn't really factor in leaving. I should say that now. <laughs> um, day five is about Glacier Point, which would be the other peak that is most visible and recognized from Yosemite Valley. And um, yeah, it looks all, I mean, again, all of these places just look so stunning that you don't really have the words to describe them in a podcast mm-hmm. without seeing a picture. You could, you could Google all of these and it, I mean, it's, it's well worth doing that. Um, and we've got all of our trip resources. So if you're going to Yosemite and you want some notes, just email us and we'll send them to you. Yes, please do. Um, I'm even adding in to our notes right now all of uh, pictures of all of these places. So, um, so yeah, please, please um, email us if you're interested. Um, so Glacier Peak is, uh, or Glacier Point, I'm sorry. Glacier Point, uh, yeah, incredibly like popular view of the whole park. You, you can get up top of it. Um, Union Point is a little bit less known, but is right nearby. Um, Glacier Point seems like, seems like it's going to be hard to get to. It's the only thing. Mm. Um, if you're going in the summer, it's a lot more viable. Uh, if you're going in the winter, like the trail's going to be closed probably. Uh, or even, or even like after October through April here. It seems like it's going to be closed. Um, Union Point, a little hard to get to, and that's why I also included the option of the Four Mile Trail. Um, this is like a, a starting, if you start as you're heading to Glacier Point or Union Point, and one, if they're not open, or two, you just don't feel like you can do it because they are pretty tough hikes, it looks like. Um, four Mile Trail offers views of Cathedral Rock, El Capitan, Sentinel Rock, the Yosemite Falls, North Dome, Washington Column, and Half Dome, among other things. Um, and it, I mean, it looks very pretty. And it did seem like this one, outside of maybe Artist Point, had the most sweeping views of the valley, um, which is really appealing to me. So, yeah, all of these... All of these places, I don't think you could go wrong between picking out of those three. Uh, Glacier mm. Point is the most iconic, but again, a little, little difficult to get to. Um, yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I can tell I'm reaching the end of the episode because I'm tired of saying the word beautiful. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> I got to find my tab. for. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, that night, there's a number of different dining options at Curry Village. Um, and they all looked fun. The most fun to me looked um, was the 19, or sorry, 1899 bar. Um, some cocktails um, mm-hmm. and then some small plates to enjoy with people. That looks like fun. Mm. We um, love a sharing plate. Yeah, yeah, of course. They have uh, cheesecake. I mean, you can't go around oh. with cheesecake. Um, yeah, and the whole, uh, but there's like a, a place to eat pizza. We kind of, I kind of took it easy on this meal um, because some of the other meals are pretty extravagant. Mm-hmm. So um, the metal grill looked like the, the, 
place at Curry Village that had the most variety. So, um, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, from wow, there, let's go. From there, go like catch an airplane or just like drive down the coast of California and have a wonderful time, which might be another episode we do eventually because mm-hmm. that is that is an incredible road trip. So, uh, California. Uh, I mean, a lot of people will say this, but it's an incredible state in that you can go. Oh dear, excuse me, I'm getting getting choked up. <laughs> oh, Just oh, kidding, dear. I'm not. I'm not getting <laughs> choked up. Um, but you could go see the beach, and then you can go see the national park, which shows the the incredible peaks, um, mm. all all in the same day. Um, yeah. Which a little bit. I mean, similar to what you can do in New Zealand, honestly. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you can go to the beach and then you can go snowboarding. Yeah, well, on the same day. And and mm-hmm. that's, uh, I mean, definitely part of the appeal of California. There's so many mm. different grand sites to see. And Yosemite seems to pack a lot of them in. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'd be down. I feel like for a place like that, like, you really do need like five days, right? To, yeah. to take it all in. To not rush, to enjoy the different hikes, to see everything that you want to see. Again, right, we're working off of this philosophy of, like, we don't know if we'll get back to a place or not. So, like, if you're going to go, you might as well see everything that there is. I mean, and you spe- really need time. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to give, like, I do think this has crept into my thought of, like, if you're going to spend two weeks in California, which is something people do. This has crept into giving it like, I I can't give it five days because there's so much to do. But like two or three days seems seems well worth it. And uh, and I guess that's the difference of like if you live in California and you want to do local trips, you can take more time. Yes, absolutely. If you're like we're going to California once because we live on the other side of the planet, we've got two weeks. What are we gonna do? It's more of like a tasting. Yeah. Sample, you know, like you go to all these different places and kind of take in as much as you can and try to see as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's so hard to fit everything in. (laughs) Like, because New Zealand or California is significantly bigger than New Zealand. Right. And I would say to see New Zealand properly, you need a few weeks. Yes. So like how much more true is that of California? Because it's so much bigger. I mean, we've talked about San Diego, LA and Yosemite and you could spend uh, a month yeah. in those three locations and still not uh-huh. get to nearly everything. So absolutely, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough, but that's mm. part of the allure of the world, I guess. I mean, we'd rather it be tough than not. <laughs> yeah, California uh, tourism board. If you'd like to send us <laughs> compensation for, <laughs> or yeah. or if you'd just like to send us to all these places, please. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, oh. this wasn't that long. We did yeah, pretty good. Thank you so much, Andrew. That yeah. was, it was a lovely itinerary. Thanks for saying beautiful. and <laughs> Over us that. and over again. <laughs> but I understand, right? Like when you're, when you're talking about things that have been around for millennia and they're huge and they're like, there's only so many words you can use to describe it. Sure without actually being there and showing someone like look at this look at these three peaks and look at 
yeah the rock formations how they've formed over centuries and how it reflects off of this river that's run for yeah however many years like it's yeah i get it not to end with a tangent but uh, that's exactly what i'm going to (laughs) do i think in in trying to figure out what i really really love about going places i love the nature but i also just i think my favorite places in the world are cities that are really built into and embracing Mm. that um like that rock formation or that um and and i i mean a lot of cities embrace the topography or or however they're built on the hills or whatever but i do think there's a difference um in like building into the city versus building on top of or sorry Mm. building the city into the land instead of building on top of the land um and and uh, and it's hard to put into words, and I haven't been to enough places, um, but I, I would absolutely say like just the valley, how how or or most national parks, to be honest, how those lodges fit in there, and and they just feel organic to the area. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're uh, infringing on what was already there. Um, yeah. And I think like my favorite cities like Banff or like Kyoto or or even Vancouver, B.C. to a degree. I mean, you could argue about certain portions of Vancouver, B.C., but if you go north just across the water in Vancouver, B.C., I mean, it's it fully embraces that nature aesthetic. So um, I, I think I'm figuring that out about the places I like to go or yeah. are just uh, kind of combining the two. So. Well, there's a beautiful like balance and a beautiful like symmetry that comes from that. Yeah. And it, it's very representative of like, well, we as people can coexist with nature in a way that is respectful and healthy and like not damaging. Right? Uh-huh. And so much of what we've seen is, oh, well, we're just going to build and we're going to build the way that we want it to, regardless of what the land needs or what nature needs. And I think we're starting to take a step back and look at how damaging that's been and so to see like a city or a place respect nature and reflect it is it's really well it's beautiful it is so you don't want to like pour hot embers over a cliffside with me not i mean it does kind of sound like fun but not necessarily (laughs) we'll save that for california in the summer (laughs) yeah please don't we'll save it for a time when you really want to see the world burn yeah yeah i mean if it was like winter and there was like snow like that'd be nice okay yeah let's do it but again maybe not like in a national park still i I don't think i'd be comfortable with that i hope so i hope so (laughs) i hope so (laughs) (laughs) all right shelby uh, we'll be back next time with your itinerary. I'm very yeah, excited. Yeah, I mean, I'm also excited. Should good. Be a good one. Yeah, it will be. Great. Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. Thank you for All listening, right. everybody. Thank you. Bye. And bye.